Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Matt Schlaffa, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Schlaffa. And it's Saturday. It's been a really good day. Not too much that I can uh, complain about. There really wasn't too much going on. I kind of stayed around the house most of the day and kind of hung out and got a little bit of work done, but there really wasn't too much to do. A lot of PA is still shut down. A couple counties around me have opened up, but nothing really close and not a lot of stores have been really opening up yet. So just kind of waiting on that to kind of get back out there um, and start going more regularly on the, the weekends. But these past couple weekends has just been really good to be able to get a lot of things done around the house with the business, uh, trying to get things organized, trying to get different things uh, listed that I haven't had time to list during the week and stuff. So it's been really good with that. I can't, I can't really complain about that whatsoever, but it was, uh, it was extremely cold today for May. It's, it's Pittsburgh. So Western PA has that weird thing where it'll be 70 degrees in March and then snowing in May. And it was one of those days where it just kind of snowed a lot today. Um, and just kind of, it was kind of a crappy day, so stayed inside, hung out a little bit, hung out with family, and um, just kind of relaxed a good bit. So it was good. Kind of needed it. I haven't been, I haven't had a moment to stop and breathe for a little bit. So it's been good to take a, a day and kind of do a couple things that I really wanted to do with the business, and then hang out with family, hang out with my girlfriend, and just kind of live a little bit and enjoy time with them. But it's been good. Um, I woke up this morning and the Jordan 1 Royal Toes came out. So if you haven't seen these, they're a, uh, they're, you can find them online, but they're pretty nice. I didn't particularly have an affinity for the shoe, but they kind of look like the Jordan 1 fragments that came out a couple years ago. And they were, they were like white with a black uppers and then Royal Toe and uh, like the bottom, the sole was royal. So they looked really nice. Um, a lot of people really seemed to like the shoe. I really underestimated the hype on this shoe. Uh, the court purples came out uh, f- about a month back, maybe not that much, but last month they came out and I just kind of looked at them and I was like, well, those are just going to be that standard Jordan one that people kind of go after. It has a little bit of retail, a little bit of resale value after it comes out, but then past that it's probably going to go down in value and so looking at that looking at how they performed I didn't really think too much about the royal toes and I'm seeing a lot of people on Instagram and a lot of people uh, in the group that I'm in talking about how they really wanted the royal toes so I think I may have missed out um, on a huge opportunity there I went for one of the sizes that had the highest resale value I typically don't do that because my chances of getting that size are usually very, very slim compared to some of the other sizes there are. So if you look at shoes, one of the things that you may not know is that shoes are made in different quantities for each size. And once you think about it, it seems really simple. But if you've never given it the time to think about it, it would seem, you know, it may not have ever occurred to you that they do different stocks for different sizes of shoes. So oftentimes what you'll see is in shoes that are manufactured and released, they will do a lot in sizes like 10 to 11 and sometimes 12. But then like sizes that are bigger than that, like 13 or 14, can have uh, sometimes better resale value and likewise sizes below 10 can have a higher resale value because the stock numbers on them are usually a lot lower because 
the average foot size in America, I think, is like 10 or 10 and a half. So when they're making these shoes, they're trying to cater to the average American to get the most shoes bought. I mean, you don't want to have a bunch of size sevens if uh, nobody's going to be buying size sevens. So they're trying to match the stock numbers with the amount of people in the country that have that size foot. So oftentimes what you find is these people that are have the size foot that want the shoe and have the size foot to fit the shoe will pay up a good amount and we even pay a premium on top of the resale value for these smaller or bigger sizes because there's just so many so much less of that shoe being made so i went for a really coveted size i was looking at ebay comps of different sizes um you can look at StockX a little bit but sometimes they're a bit iffy with just how how they're being sold before the drop so i really look at the sizing after the drop um but that uh i looked and i saw ebay that seemed like size i think like seven and a half eight was doing well so i went for those didn't get them and a lot of people were getting the tens elevens like a lot of good sizing was going down um the people were picking up and i'm looking and i think a lot of people are holding these shoes uh and waiting for people to kind of drive up the hype on them post this small like window you have after the drop to sell them and so these may be one of the the few jordan ones that actually just goes up in retail in resale value um just because it seemed like there was a good amount of, of hype behind them with just people liking the colorway um like i said i'm not really a big fan of just black and royal as a colorway but Seemed like a lot of people liked them. I think it reminded a lot of people of the fragments, like I mentioned earlier. So that's probably a good reason why a lot of people want to go after these shoes. But regardless, uh, missed out on those and then um, managed to pick a couple things up online from some of the various sites that I have been botting and they immediately got canceled. So that was kind of a bummer. But um you know, so that's always something you have to deal with. Even if you have a bot, even if you check out, even if you get the order in, some sites can determine whether or not you're using a bot. And then from there, they will uh, cancel your order if they feel like you're using a bot. So that's what happened to me there. That was kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. So uh, that happened. And then um, I made a humongous sale on eBay. I sold my easy uh azales on ebay for nine hundred dollars and i think the buy cost on was like 200 bucks like it wasn't much and so they've been steadily going up over the past few months but i just listed them high because i figured they'd probably appreciate around you know, maybe like seven to eight hundred bucks so you know if somebody's dumb enough to to spend nine hundred on them or just once on that bad I'm more than willing to let them buy them, but I just wanted to kind of have them up there so I always had them ready to sell uh, for when they kind of appreciate to their full value. But somebody bought them at 900 bucks, and I was kind of sketchy on it because I was like, well, the highest bid on StockX is 600 bucks, and typically if you're spending a lot of money on a pair of shoes, you know about StockX, so why you would buy on eBay for 300 bucks more isn't really something that makes a lot of sense to me, but... I looked at the guy's feedback he only had five feedback and i'm not wary of somebody's feedback on ebay 
But when it comes to an almost $1,000 purchase, I am a little bit wary about it. And so I checked PayPal and they were holding the funds and they were doing their background checks to make sure that it had been a legitimate case and that the person had actually bought the shoe and all that kind of stuff. Well, it turns out that around like 10 o'clock tonight, they emailed me and said that it wasn't a transaction that they could verify. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, I was kind of pumped to sell those shoes, but it is what it is. I'm no farther back than I was when I started. So I'll just relist them on eBay and keep it moving. But I um, tonight I had an interesting series of messages from a buyer. And it, there are times when I get messages from buyers or get some sort of a vibe from a buyer that they are going to be a huge pain. And I want to cater to customers as much as possible, but I want to also alleviate the amount of situations that cause me headaches as much as I can. And this buyer reached out to me and I could tell they really hadn't used eBay very much before. They had zero feedback, which again is fine. You just have to know that your buyer isn't expecting maybe as what you are through eBay. They may expect more of an Amazon type of treatment. And so um, they messaged me and said, hey, uh, I see that you're selling this item. I would really like to buy it, but it is how how fast can it get here? Do you know when the delivery date will be? Do you know what if it has tears? What if it has holes in it? What if I can't use it? Can I send it back? I mean, like literally like 10 questions in one message. And those are the messages that give me pause where I'm just like, look, I do not want to deal with this person right now because I can tell down the road if there is the slightest thing wrong with the item. I'm going to be dealing with it and especially the item I was trying to ship is fairly heavy so the last thing I want is them trying to return it and then me sending a replacement like that's just that's not good that's going to cause me to lose a good amount of money and just cause me a good amount of headaches so I was I just responded to the first one I said I can't tell you when it'll be there quite frankly it may be a few days late because FedEx UPS and the post office are all experiencing shipping delays right now and so they messaged me back again and they're like, well, that's fine. But like, what about if it's damaged? And like, it's a brand new item. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's damaged. I'm not going to open the box to check and see if it's damaged. I bought it at the store. It is brand new. And they're like, well, a lot of the reviews that I have, I've been seeing have said that they come damaged brand new. And I'm like, well, at that point, there's nothing I can do about that. Like it is the item I've sold so I can take the return then again, I don't want to ship this thing down to wherever the person's located and have them ship it back. I mean, it's like a 50 pound item. So that's kind of something I don't want to deal with. And so I was thinking a little bit and I messaged them back and said, Hey, honestly, I'm having some problems with eBay right now. You may want to find a different person to sell it to you because one, I don't want them buying from me. I don't want I want very easygoing customers and not every customer is like that. But if I have the chance to take an item that I know will sell out anyway and prevent myself from having to deal with a buyer that is super picky about things, I will do that. Like I don't want to have to deal with a buyer who does not want to kind of understand how eBay works and realize that eBay is a little bit different than Amazon. You can't just do the same things you can on there. It's not just a swap where if you get a product, it's super easy to send it back and they send you a new one. I mean, I do all that stuff. It's just not something I like to do because I lose a lot of money that way. So I told them flat out, you probably want to buy this from somebody else right now because hopefully they don't buy it from me and I have to deal with them for the next two weeks. The second thing is I went and I realized I don't like buyers like that. I don't like buyers who are 
um, super picky, who are very, very detailed and, and things like that, because those buyers can oftentimes be problem people for you as a seller. And so one of the things that I didn't know you could do is that you can block eBay buyers. And the last thing I wanted to do is tell this woman or man to not buy the item I'm selling and then buy it for whatever reason. And so I went on there and I probably have 10 or so that I've already blocked. But basically all you do is you go to Google, uh, you type in eBay blocked buyers, and then you can click the first link and it should bring up an eBay article that says, you know, you can block eBay buyers if it looks like they're going to cause you problems and all this kind of stuff. And in that first paragraph, there's a link that says, go to your eBay block buyers list. And it literally brings you up to like a 1990s looking web page with a text box in it that you can put different buyer names in and then a submit button. And so you literally just put the buyer name in, put a comma and hit submit. And so we'll put the buyer name in and then hit submit. And the next time you want to put somebody else in, put a comma after the name previous and then put the buyer, the next buyer's name in. So that's all I do. And I put that buyer in under my blog bidder and buyer list because I just didn't really want to deal with them ever again. Um, I mean, they could have been a really good buyer. They could have been a really good bidder. I'm not saying that you should do this a lot, but for me, I just know I've kind of done this enough times where I'm like, I know when a buyer is not going to be easy to deal with. And if I can alleviate some of that for myself, I definitely will, especially if it's a fast moving item that I know I'm going to sell. Like I said, the items I'm selling right now are quick moving. They're fast. They're getting in my house, getting out of my house within a week or two. It's just, I know the item's going to sell anyways. Why not sell it to somebody who's a little more lenient or a little more easygoing than this person who's already asking me, you know, a thousand questions on whether or not it's going to be there in time. They want this gift to be perfect for the person they're giving it to. Just, Just all this stuff. So I didn't want that. I didn't want to deal with that. And I blocked them and I didn't hear anything back from them. But even if they had tried to message me and they still can message you, they wouldn't have been able to buy the item. So that's really key. If you feel like you're going to be scammed by somebody, if somebody tries to get you to do something off of eBay, uh, sometimes the person's legit. They just want to save money. But if they're trying to get you to sell them something off of eBay, that's a huge red flag. If they're trying to get you to buy something off of them off of eBay, they just don't want to pay the fees or it's a red flag. So basically, if you're selling something, don't ever do a transaction off of eBay unless you know the person or you feel extremely comfortable that you know the person is going to give you the money and you're going to ship out the item. Because if not, what's going to happen is you are going to lose out on money or a sale or something like that. So um, I would just encourage you to kind of use that blocked buyer list if you don't feel comfortable with a buyer. If somebody does a return with you, that is a huge problem. You don't want to ever deal with that person again. Just block them so they never buy from you. They may never ever want to buy from you again if they're giving you problems. But I've heard stranger things happen to people on eBay. So I try to be as diligent as I can with blocking somebody if I feel like they are going to be a hindrance rather than a help to my business when they're buying from me. So I would encourage you to do that. I would encourage you to look into that. If you have any questions, you can easily reach out to me. I would be happy to help you with it. Um, but that's just kind of what I've been thinking about. I don't think a lot of people know that the block buyers list exists. I don't think a lot of people use it the way that they they can to help their business. So just want to give you a quick tip there and 
Hopefully you can use that when you're dealing with somebody who is causing you problems or someone you think could cause you issues down the road. But, you know, that being said, I, I think that's really all there is about that. I don't really have a whole lot else to say about the uh, block buyer list, but that's just really, that's really all I can give you right now um, as to how a the block buyer list works and what you can do with it. Um, tomorrow is Mother's Day, so happy birthday, or happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Sorry, it's like 1230 at night. I'm starting to lose it a little bit here, but happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, you know, moms are one of the most incredible people to uh, each one of us. We know we all have those stories about our moms that have done uh, incredible things for us or have helped us along the way in some small way and in some large ways too. So if you are a mom, you know, take the day and relax. If you're visiting your mom, you know, make sure that you can tell her that you love her and that you care about her. Um, but that's what we have going on. Um, I'll let you guys get going back to uh, whatever you're doing, but I'm going to get going. I'm going to throw a few things on to edit the podcast a little bit and make it sound a bit better. And then I'm going to hit the uh, I'm going to go to bed. So that being said, I'll let you guys go. You guys have a good one and I will talk to you tomorrow. Peace.